A-Train Pipe Bomb Productions presents Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. Sponsored by Fanatics, TickPick, Render Forest, Steiner Sports, and Walmart. Here are your DJs, Ricky, the master of mayhem Litwinkowicz, and Lars, the Viking Johnson. Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. It's not just a name, it's an attitude. Welcome everybody to another edition of Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. Here with my faithful long-distance co-host himself, Mr. Lars Johnson. Lars, what's up? All great here. Good to finally get this interview done. Looking forward to it. Bunch of weeks now. Well, so due to the, the, the lovely world of modern technology, my computer is being a, uh, oh my God, it's a woman on the rag. It's getting, <laughs> it, it's just, it's just horrible that this, that this thing's had its period for like a month now. <laughs> but we're here, we're getting, we're doing this interview. I've got like the Ebola virus going on because the grease is not working right. Nothing, this is probably not going to look prosthetically great, but whatever. So. We're not alone. We have Ben from Ventress with us today. Ben, how's it going? It is going wonderful. How are you gentlemen doing? Like Lars said, this has been a uh, long time coming. So thank God it's getting done finally on the uh, precipice of remodeling this entire computer. So once the card comes, I'll process this entire interview and it'll be amazing. Yes. So. I'm going to do the digging a little bit early, and I've already warned Ben of this little malfunction that is going on, okay? So, Ben, I have to say, I went to go look through the band's website, and there's no bio. So, I'm going to have to put Ben on the spot, and he's going to give us a back history on the band. All right, a back history on the band. Let's go. Uh, Our website has been under construction on and off uh we've been doing a lot of re-editing a lot of uh you know a lot of different new media on the side anyways back history on the band so the band started in 2012 i was a junior in high school uh ended up coming to know some guys that were close to me off of the wonder the lovely world of facebook um you know i was able to find out i was able i was playing with some guys they weren't really serious Ended up uh, scrapping that. Found some other guys in the area to start a band with. And um, within three months of practicing, we played our first show ever on um, April 20th, 2012 at Frankie's Burgers in Lafayette, Louisiana. And then after that, we knew that this is we wanted to take it seriously. So we just continued and continued to get better, grow. Um, obviously, a lot of different lineup changes. I want to say things really started. Traction really started around 2014. Uh, we started playing shows at the House of Blues New Orleans, both on in the Parish Room, which is the smaller stage, and on the main stage. We're playing uh, a lot of uh, premier venues in Louisiana and Mississippi, such as the Varsity Theater, uh, the Spanish Moon at the time, uh, Crest Live in Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, we played that one, um, which is no longer there. Um, and then over the years, I mean, obviously, as time goes on, you work hard, you promote, you sell tickets. We were able around 2016 is whenever we started opening up for national bands such as Hell Yeah, uh, who else did we played with that year, Gemini Syndrome, A Thousand Foot Crutch, 
We did. We did uh, play with 12 Stones a couple times that year. Um, and 12 Stones, shout out to them. Great guys. Love those dudes from Louisiana. Paul McCoy is a good friend of mine. Um, then around, so we were uh, backtracking. We put out our first record, our first EP in 2014, entitled Come Alive. You can find that on Spotify. Um, it's not on Apple Music. Uh, I've tried many, many times to put that on Apple Music, but for some reason, Apple Music will not take it. All good. We have our second and third on there. Um, Released our first EP in 2014, released our self-titled EP in 2019, and obviously the pandemic happened in 2020, slowed down things a bit. Uh, but during that time, we actually wrote our current EP that was released last year entitled The Serpent, and uh, here we are today. The band's name derives from Ventress, Louisiana. Now, Ventress, Louisiana is spelled V-E-N-T-R-E-S-S, and it's a little – it's not even a town. It's like – I think it's uh, the, the proper the uh, proper term is a census designated area right outside of my hometown of New Roads, Louisiana, and that's where we started practicing at. And I remember, so we were called the first name that we had was Embrace Goodbye. We didn't really like the name; it was just kind of like the best that we could come up with at the time. Whenever we came up with it, and we knew we wanted something different. We knew we, we wanted something that was just one word, something that meant something to us. And uh, our band members at the time. Uh, suggested that we should name the band Ventress. Now, I didn't like the way it was spelled, so that's why I threw the U in there. And um, a little bitty, like my grandmother used to live in Ventress. Like Ventress was just like really, I mean, it was there was that, but like it wasn't it didn't really have. It, and she didn't like live there my entire childhood. She moved out, so like Ventress, like really had like little significance, like in my upbringing out there. You know, fast forward to whatever I'm 17 and on, it's my freaking band, my fucking band name, and uh, you know, here we are today, and. Uh, haven't looked back since. Uh, I've embraced it. I loved it. Um, we've had wonderful fans who have made such things like this. Like I have a phone mount uh, made by my buddy Greg Knapp. He's a fellow ship rocker. Um, yeah, we just we just we just kept it growing since. Nice. So has they has the band gone through a lot of changes, or has it still been like the same lineup from like day one? Oh no, a lot of changes, a lot of changes. Um, to like really break down all the changes would take a little bit of time. Um, I've been the only consistent member in the band since it started. Um, our bass player Jake, our current bass player, he's actually our he actually started the band with me. He left for some time and he came back. He left in 2015, came back in 2021. Um, so we have two original members. Sean is Sean like joined the band a year after the band you know, started. So I consider him like an honorable original member, uh, BJ, our drummer. Uh, we, I met him in 2016, whenever our drummer had left and, uh, ended up finding out he lived like right around the road from me. So, uh, and I didn't know him and he was, he wasn't from where I'm from, but he was living there. And, um, he came audition. It worked right off the bat. And then uh, Jesse, our current guitar player, he's a, the, Jesse is original. So we're all from the Baton Rouge area. We're all from the Baton Rouge, Louisiana area. Jesse is originally from North Bergen, New Jersey. And whenever we found him, he was living in Gulfport, Mississippi. Now, he had seen us play a couple times. And uh, whenever our rhythm guitar player, he had uh, stepped away. He wanted to audition, and you know we were kind of like, man, he lives all the way in Mississippi. You know, is it gonna work? But uh, he, he's been—he was sending us a lot of videos, and he seemed promising. And he came out to Baton Rouge, auditioned, kicked ass. I'd never seen anybody play as tight with Sean as he did. So uh, I mean, it was just a no-brainer. So, and he's been in the band since 2017. So um, yeah, I've been the only consistent member. The uh, Jake only other original member with me, even though he left for some time, Sean, BJ, and Jesse. And that's the lineup. 
Shooting it over to Lars for the tough questions now. All right, tough question time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I live over in Sweden, and uh, have you any plans like uh, doing a Europe tour? Oh, absolutely. That's like bucket list goal. Um, has been since I was 18 years old. Um, you know, obviously, I think it was the most promising. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to uh, explain this. When it was the most promising that it would actually happen was like around like the early 2020. Like we were, we were probably like, we were in the talks with some people possibly making it happen and maybe 2021, 2022. However, the whole pandemic thing happened and, you know, everybody kind of refreshed and uh, that kind of <laughs> like dwindled away. But I mean, I'm never giving up. We're going to play in Europe and uh, we're going to play mainland Europe, Scandinavia, the UK, all of it, you know. And of course, Sweden. Of course, Sweden. Of course, Sweden. <laughs> Norway, Sweden, Finland. Got to. Yeah. Hey, listen, there, there better be a New York trip in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, hey, Jesse's from North Bergen, New Jersey. He's right across the river. Yes, he is. And yeah, I was that's... actually shocked though, to hear that they, they, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit. To, to me, it's kind of a little like we, there are a bunch of other bands that we know that they're kind of split out as well. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, one of the bands, uh, Ricardo and Rebecca, one's in Brazil, one's in Phoenix. Ooh. So it's kind of like that, that's long distance in itself. But when you have such a diversity of, of band members from all over the place and they come together and put together a sound like yours or any of the other sounds that I've heard, it's actually really unique. Absolutely. 100%. And even like all of like, like me, Sean, BJ and uh, Jay growing up in like the Baton Rouge area, we all grew up in like different towns. So, you know, like, like it was, it was like, mm. Like I grew up in I grew up in New Roads, Louisiana. Sean grew up in Irwinville, Louisiana. Jake grew up in Brule, Louisiana, and BJ grew up in Prairieville. So I mean, even though we're in Louisiana, is such a unique state because you go to a lot of other states and you go to like to small towns and whatnot. All of them look exactly the same. The culture is exactly the same. You know what have you? In Louisiana, each little town, each little area has its own like unique quality. You know, and that unique swagger to them, and I, and I feel like that is uh, it also grows on Ventress's unique sound, and also you know we grew up hanging out with different types of people and listening to different types of music. Like I grew up, you know, more so listening to like hard rock, radio rock. You know, what I thought was metal was hard rock to the metal world, and then BJ was listening to hardcore music, and he was going to hardcore shows and um, grindcore shows and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, Sean was listening to a little bit more like shreddy stuff and then Jake, you know, but like, you know what I mean? Like we all kind of like gathered our own influence from just that it's in itself. Good thing. So I'm going to, I'll pop this question a little bit kind of prematurely because you mentioned so many different sounds of music that we were, <clears throat> that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion that you think now Metallica from like the eighties is considered oldies? Uh, you asking like what songs do I think are considered oldies, or do you? Well, think no, just the just the bands that what we would know, like a Metallica, Guns N' Roses, uh, Aerosmith, they now consider those oldies. Yeah, I mean, I get that. You know, I mean, hell, I hear uh, shit three doors down on classic radio now. Like that's the craziest thing to me. It's just like <laughs> Kryptonite on a classic radio station. You know, I remember listening to that shit whenever I was young. But I, I mean. It is oldies, but their influence, I mean, like, it's timeless. I mean, look at Stranger Things. Like, Stranger Things, 
brought 80s music back to life or like definitely repopularized it in my opinion yeah. i mean yeah. like i mean there there's a song on there now mind you i've only seen like two episodes of stranger things I, I don't really know the show at all but i know there was a song on stranger things that really wasn't that big of a hit in the 80s and now is like topping the charts or was topping the charts a couple months ago um yes to, the answer is yes it's it's considered oldies but it's timeless music and I, it will live on forever i mean if people are listening people are listening to it in my opinion i mean from what i've seen i'm only 28 you know i was born in 94 so you know i wasn't i wasn't around for all of that you know but um since my youth people have listened to that music just as much as they listen to it now so using some of those so some of the bands that we have, which one of the which which artist first off influenced you to get into the uh the band business? Ooh man. Okay, that's a tough one. Um so my interest in being a singer actually started off this is actually a funny story. Um so uh my first introduction the first time like i realized i wanted to be a singer was actually because of a christian boy band that uh i found in a um they used to have these things at mcdonald's called mighty kids meals and uh they had uh they would give out like there's like a little mixtape of like these artists that like were signed but like not really big and there was this one called plus one and i ended up and when i was a six seven eight year old kid i can't remember how old i was at the time but i ended up loving it i wanted to sing along to it i loved their melodies i loved everything about it and then eventually I gradually, uh, my cousin of mine, and, and, and I got in all that pops. I was all in the pop world and everything. And I knew Backstreet Boys and all that. But, like, Plus One was the band that was the group that, like, maybe, like, that was, like, the first. That's when the wheels started turning. Um, then uh, then I got a copy of uh, Puddle of Mud's Come Clean. Oh, and, one of my favorite uh, albums. Oh, I love that record. And uh, it was actually... I was at a friend's house not long after the plus one thing happened and he bought the CD because he thought it was funny because the little boy was peeing on the front cover of it. So he, so he got his parents to buy that for him just because of that. And they put it on in the car and I don't remember any of the, I don't remember hearing any of the tracks. I just remember hearing blurry for the first time in my mind being absolutely blown. I'm like, this is something I've never heard before. Uh, that song was just so monumental to me and that got the wheels turning even more. So, then I got into the band Hoobastank, who we all know. Um, I had the Reason record, but the band and the record that made me want to like like really kicking in the overdrive when I was ten years old. It, it was it was released five years prior, um, and actually the funny thing was my cousin actually got me into Lincoln Park. He showed me Meteora because Meteora was pretty fresh at that time, and my mom had picked me up from a friend's house and. She took me to Target, told me I can get whatever I want, a CD I want. And I was like, okay. And I was looking for Meteor. I could not find it. However, they did have Hybrid Theory. So she got Hybrid Theory. Rest is history. Like, that snowball effect ended up getting me into Corn, System of a Down, Disturbed, Papa Roach. Um, trying to think of who else I was really, really big to big into at that time. Mushroom Head, Slipknot. I mean, all, all like that, that, the whole new metal movement. Um, nice. I was able to discover that seven dust. I was able to discover all of that because of that. And, um, yeah. And, and, and it sparked my love in both rock and in hip hop. So, I mean, like Lincoln Park was just monumental. What are you thinking over there, Lars? Your, your, your juices are percolating right now. 
<laughs> no, I was going to ask next, uh, like, uh, who in the band is it? You like uh, writing the lyrics and the music, or do you take parts or? They are. I write. I write every lyric. The only lyrics I did not write out of any of Venture's discography. We have a song called Cattle Drive. The first verse of that. We well, when I say I didn't write, I co-wrote. Like we all like me, our guitar player Spencer at the time, and Jake, our bass player now, all brainstormed on ideas, and that was the only set. That was the only set of lyrics in our entire discography that they brainstorm with me. Other than that, they all put the music together. I'll throw in some input. I'll throw in, you know, maybe some musical ideas, but for the most part, Jesse and Sean lay it, lay down everything. And, um, we'll jam the idea instrumentally. They pretty much everything has to be done instrumentally. Cause I write based off of, you know, I mean, rhythm big time. And, you know, I, I can't write lyrics if, you know, BJ doesn't have his percussion laid out. Right. You know, like if he doesn't have everything, laid out the way he's going to play it. So I give it time. I let it kind of marinate. And then once they get everything tight on the instrumental side is whenever I'll start, I'll take a recording of it. I'm, I'll, we'll play in the band room, take a recording of it on my phone, or Jesse will take a recording of it on his phone. I'll take it back. And um, the way I write is ins- like ins- ah, inspiration. I don't know why I can't talk today. Inspiration <laughs> has to hit me. You know, I can't just sit and just write lyrics. It's just not going to no. be – this is just not going to come out the way I want it. Like it has to hit me. And when it hits me, I start rolling. And when I write, I don't even know what the song's about really at the time. I'm just literally write what's coming off the dome. It isn't until after I'm done writing the lyrics that I can actually dissect them and realize what the song is about. And that usually takes a day or two after because I don't know, just like the juices just start flowing. I just start writing. I let it kind of sit, bring it back. And I'm like, that's what this means. This what this line means. That's what this line means. I get it now. Um, yeah, all the lyrics are me. Um, so that can uh, happen like wherever you are, like wherever I am, wherever out. I am. It it primarily happens when I'm at home, though. It doesn't. It, it has happened when I've been out in public just randomly. I'm trying to think of a particular instance of where I wrote a song um, that was just like out in public. Um, I think I wrote actually uh, some parts of Talladega. Uh, I think I wrote it when I was at work. I was working, uh, I was delivering uh, pipes and fittings for a company out here in Baton Rouge. And uh, I, I was driving trucks and I think I was actually on lunch and um, it, it was during the pandemic. So uh, nothing was open inside. So I just went to a Sonic and pulled in and the, uh, it was actually the whole entire um, breakdown part from the hourglass becoming whole, that whole entire breakdown, like the, like the uh, heavy part was written at a Sonic drive through so, so they, like they, they, uh, is there is there the hidden notebook or was that done on like a sonic napkin? <laughs> no, on my on my on my phone on my notepad on my phone. Oh, uh, see, there you go. I, I should have done it on a napkin. That would have made it. Oh, that would that I should have done it on a sonic napkin. That would be the most amazing piece of band memorabilia ever. This this song written on the sonic napkin <laughs> the sonic napkin with the logo <laughs> on it and everything uh, <laughs> so like a follow up question to songs and everything uh, when you play out live uh, which song if any is the most popular among either, your fans either Talladega or Alone in the Dark uh, we didn't play Alone yeah. in the Dark for a while um, and uh, 
everybody and i mean everybody asked why we didn't play that for a while and uh actually the reason why we didn't play it for a while is because i caught covid and um the transitioning from screaming to singing on that song and that song particularly was just hard for me so i was just like until i can you know rejuvenate my voice we need to you know retired for a little minute um Talladega or Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark, people sing that one back loud. And then Talladega off the new stuff. Uh, and I would also say Come Alive uh, from the first, the, the, the title track from the first EP. That's probably the only song from that EP that we still play uh, because it's just well received by our fans. I mean, that album was, I mean, I was 19 when I recorded it. Uh, it was, it was like our very start, you know, it was like our, like, yeah. it was, it was, it was, uh, we were very, very, we hadn't matured yet. So, I mean, those songs are just kind of like, you know, they're there, but come alive. We always bring out because people just love that one. It's, it's high energy starts off the record. Right. And, uh, everyone loves it. So our fans love it. So the question that I, I follow up with this is you write the lyrics to a song, you got them all perfected, laid out the way you want them. Is the addition of all of the tracks, a very lengthy process. Does it just like pop right away? Do guys just come up with, with riffs and drum beats and everything else fast? Or is it something that really is that meticulous type process? Uh, you know, it goes back and forth. Uh, I remember Talladega, that song instrumentally, like took like almost no time to write. And honestly, the chorus to that song, I wrote the first time we played it. Like it just came out of me, you know? And, 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 um, I ended up learning this technique uh, by listening to interviews from David Draymond of Disturbed, and he says that whenever their band plays their ideas, he'll just kind of just like toy around with melodies, and he won't even say like won't even be speaking English, you know. And um, that's what I do. I meant to bring that up earlier. Whenever we do that, that's what I do. And uh, whenever we were playing their song Talladega in the band room, uh, the I remember I couldn't I couldn't remember what I was going to do for the verses. I was still kind of toying around with that. And then when we got to the chorus, uh, it just wrote itself. It just literally came out of me like words flew out of me. I didn't even write it down. Came out of my mouth into the microphone, into the PA system. It was it was like I knew it was it. I knew I didn't need to change anything. I knew I didn't need to hash anything out on that. Like I knew that was the chorus. It was the rest of the song that took time to write. But it all depends. Uh, Serpent took a little while to write. Uh, a lot of transitions were changed, if I remember correctly. Uh, relinquished. Oh my gosh, that song, that idea, we started writing in 2016, and uh, we would like. We actually, I remember we tried like making it a track. We, we tried working it into a song to put on our self-titled EP. However, we did, and we just couldn't find it. We couldn't just. I don't know. That song. That song was hard to write. Uh, a lot of back and forth with that song, and um, I'm glad we finally like. Got it solidified and put it on this EP, and um, and that one I had trouble writing too because I didn't want to just like do the stereotypical scream over the you know scream over the verse, sing on the chorus, and uh, it's actually Sean, my guitar player, said, "Well, then don't do that. Do something else. Do something completely off the wall." And that's why it's kind of like you know I'm talking, you know, going back, going back, ah, going back and forth between talking and screaming and this and that and the other. Uh, that's all. It, he sparked that in me. So, um, I was able to toy up with that, but it always depends. I like, there's no, uh, straight, uh, assembly line of how we write a song. It either, it, it comes to us like that, or sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years, you know, for a good idea. We, we, we have some ideas that we've worked on shit since 2016. And we try to work into songs here and there because we like, like some of the riffs, but, uh, 
you know, they, they just don't hit like some of the newer <clears throat> stuff that we write, you know, um, but we still kind of keep we, we keep some of those like on the back burner because, you know, maybe we can pull those out and make those into something, you know. So before we get to one of the one of the tracks we have for the interview today, this is the question I always ask a lot of vocalists because you've mentioned it quite a few times already. How much of a challenge is it to go from that regular vocals to the scream vocals and then transition back? Like, what is the? How much of a challenge is that for you? Because a lot of people have given me totally different answers on that. You know, it's gotten easier over the years, but it is a difficult process because it's like you're you're positioning your body in completely different ways, and you're using different parts. I mean, you're all using the, you're using the diaphragm, but you're like shifting. You're using a different set of vocal cords, you know, versus screaming. So like, it just takes time getting used to and uh, transitioning really quickly and making sure you're not doing it incorrectly. That's the toughest part because he can be like, oh, oh. but when you go into that scream, you know your body might not be positioned correctly and you end up uh, screaming incorrectly, harming your vocal cords. Uh, that is the toughest part is just making sure that you're transitioning into it and going in and, and even sing, going from screaming and then singing again, going into it correctly. That is the toughest part. So, so a lot of people don't understand. It's actually just not using vocals uh, of, of throat and diaphragm, but it's also actually using physical stances to get yes. into that progression. Oh, most definitely. Like uh, carrying your shoulders back, opening up your airways and, you know, I mean, you, you I mean, you got to be you got to keep your back erect. <laughs> um, we are not sponsored by Blue Chew or Viagra. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. We are not sponsored. They are not sponsored by any of those. But yes, you know, keeping your back straight, you know, and, but for singing now screaming. And a lot of vocalists do this. That's why you see people like lean over when they scream. It gets a little bit more of like a diaphragm constriction. Uh, if you see like a, you know, like a, um, a metal vocalist, like lean over to scream or like crouch down to scream, they get all of that, all of that diaphragm in it. Uh, but singing, uh, you know, I, I see some vocalists do that, but with singing and I'm six foot eight. So like, I'm just towering back straight, you know, shoulders back. It is, it is like, I mean, it's more than just, you're right. It's more than just your vocal cords. It's more than just your diaphragm. You know, your whole body is involved, especially your hips. All right. So we are going to get to some ventrous music here on yes. Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. And our first track of the two is Serpent. This is Pipe Bomb Radio NYC.
people in New York and around the world. This is Pablo from Clay Soldiers and you are listening Pine Pong Radio New York City where the rock is alive. It's the master of mayhem in the Viking. It's Pipe Bomb Radio NYC here with Ben from Ventress. Dude, I gotta tell you. I have been listening to music since I came out of the womb. Okay. <laughs> I'll be 46 next month. 
And I've heard so many riffs, so many transitions. And I got to tell you, this is very intricate to me. I really, I, I, I will have you tell the guys, like, I am really, really excited to have this as a new <clears throat> set of music to add to my phone. Because the guitars were completely amazing. I yeah. loved all of the drum beats. Yeah. And I will say this on the vocals that between the scream and the regular vocals, they were completely level. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, much appreciated. And uh, yeah, Jesse and Sean <coughs> lock it in always. The, the, the bass lines were actually just like remotely in sync. And mm -hmm. that's what I don't see even in a lot of the bands, the higher, the higher up ones, that are like the, the mainstream guys, a lot of it's not in sync. This was, this was done completely clean and I absolutely enjoy hearing it every time that it, it comes on. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, shout out to Eric Woolard, our audio engineer. He's the one that made it sound so clean. He's the one that got us to play so clean and thank you, man. It means a lot. It means the world. It, it, it's, it's very unique and <clears throat> being the fact that I, do a lot of editing like i pick out little parts here or there there was mm -hmm. not one part to even say okay it was a little bit off or the level was a little too high or whatever like it was completely clean across the board congrats on that one thank you thank you thank you so much and uh, it's like uh, i mentioned before we started into with uh, bostian mm -hmm. like uh, i asked him at one time like do you have any good band for me to listen to and he mentioned you and a couple of others, and I started listening to your music, and then I couldn't fucking stop. <laughs> I listened through all your fucking songs. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. So man. good, That's awesome. Like, like I said, oh, go on, go on. Now, uh, one thing that I really appreciate with your music too, it's like the same thing as we said with uh, the interview with uh, Excalate. Like mm -hmm. it's not like. He said, rock there, that uh, some artists or bands, when they have an EP or a record, uh, all the songs are like, like this. Mm -hmm. But for you and Excalate and some other bands, it's like ups, downs, and uh, slow songs and uh, harder songs. And I really appreciate that part too. Oh, yes. As a listener, I love whenever artists do that, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we come from all over the place with our music and we all come from all over the place as just our people and our upbringings and everything. You know, we all grew up completely different. And um, yeah, we love it. And uh, but thank you so much. And like we talked about uh, Boss Jan earlier. I mean, he's the fan yeah. that every band yeah. just like uh, like if every band that he's a fan of is lucky to have him as a fan. Yeah. Big because of how much. Him. Because of how much he promotes, like, like like for Excalade, for example, like I told you, like he has gotten so many Excalade CDs out yeah. in America, and it, it's yeah. it's amazing. You know, shout out to him; he's nothing but yeah. love for Boss Jan, Big great shot. guy. Yeah. Like like yeah. he is the fan that every band needs to have. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Are there are there any other? Uh, well, obviously, bands all have like this huge team that's outside of the actual core of what it is. Or would there be any, anybody that you'd want to shout out during the interview to get them a little bit of notoriety as well? 
MVK Music Group, our uh, management team, Brian, Attila, Jesse, and all the crew. Um, you know, we got Mikey and jo- Mike, Mikey, Michael Bayham and John Alexandre uh, Rabaste, who is uh, our usual roadies, crew members, uh, to all of our fans everywhere. Um, to anybody that has shared our music, to anybody that has promoted our music, to anybody given our music, to anybody, shout out to all you guys, the Nola Shit Show, Ship Rockers. Um, trying to think who else off the top of the dome, like a shout out. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> man, uh, the sound, uh, Matt James. Um, he's he's uh he's been uh, promoting our he's yeah he's been promoting our band out in the UK. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Off the top of my head, I feel bad if I, if I forgot you. If you're listening and I forgot you, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, but to any honestly, it it pertain if if it does pertain to you guys, I'm talking to the audience. If you've shared, uh, promoted our band in any sort of way, listened to our band and you know listened to our band, given our band in. Nah, I cannot talk today. Jesus Christ. Uh, like, like, so my brain is just like, ah, uh, this, this is what, we, sleep. This is what we do on Pipe on Radio. We always put the artist on the spot. Not on, the sp- uh, on the spot. Oh, man. Hey, hey, that's a challenge, though. It's a challenge. Um, but to anybody that has given us any support, promoted us, given us to anybody, you are greatly appreciated. We and me speaking for the rest of the guys, we all love you guys so much. And thank you guys for the continued support. And we're, it only goes up from here. Now, as the uh, pipe bomb staple, we always have the great segments. Mm. And on Pipe Bomb Radio NYC, we have the five questions of death. Oh, (laughs) are you ready? I am ready, I think. (laughs) Okay. First questions on the five questions of death. All right. Late night go-to snack. Damn, on the spot, because that always <laughs> varies. Um, okay, so this is going to sound Southern as hell, but okay, there's a <laughs> restaurant uh, called Dreamland Barbecue in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and um, they're known for their very, very tangy, spicy barbecue sauce. It's delicious, and your appet- the appetizer that they serve you are slices of white bread and a cup of the sauce to dip it in. And I find myself eating that. If I need a late night sex, I order. I literally like, and you can buy it off Amazon. You can buy the barbecue sauce. And I get that shipped to my house. And if I need something to eat late at night, I work nights sometimes. Um, I literally get me, or I'll put it on a plate, put it in a little cup, get some pieces of white bread and dip it in it. That, that is a go-to late night snack. See, that's, that's bread and barbecue snack. sauce. I like that. I, yes. I like that. That's definitely. So is it like uh, really fucking hot or is it more like spicy and mm. really good? It's spicy and really good. It's not like I mean, foof. you do not want to eat anything overly spicy late at night. Uh, but um, <laughs> but it, 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 it's got a kick to it. Now from Louis, it's, it's not as hot as like say Louisiana hot sauce or barbecue sauce can be. But um, it's got a nice tang to it. I love it. Um, I actually need to order some more. I'm completely out. Um, but yes, that is a good late night snack. And I've tried it with other barbecue sauces as well. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go with white bread and barbecue sauce. Late night snack. Okay. Second question. It's always We always run food questions on this show. All right. I'm with it. With it. You go out to a diner. You mm. order the biggest, juiciest burger. But mm. you always have to pick the side dish. Is it steak cut fries, waffle fries, 
curly fries or sweet potato fries? Mmm, steak cut. Steak cut fries, without a doubt. If that's my choice, is steak cut fries. Okay. Uh, I'm not really a waffle fry person. You know, they, I, I find that they do hold the, uh, the condiments a little bit better than a regular steak fry. That they do. Um, that they do, but I don't know. Some about this, the way the steak fries, just the texture of them. Mm, can't get enough of. Okay. Question three. Now we get into the real deal music band stuff. All right. Let's go. Is there a pre-show routine? Um, other than just traditional warm-ups, no. I don't really have like any sort of superstitious things that I do. Um, I just just warming up, staying hydrated, uh, making sure that I don't eat anything too acidic. Like I get sandwiches completely plain. If if we, like we're on the road, you know, I try to get like a club sandwich or something completely plain. Uh, you know, no tomato, like the, nothing that's going to be super acidic. Um, some baked chips, if I can find some. Uh, just really light food and warm ups for me. And I, I really don't even know what the rest of the band, what they do for, you know, pre show warm ups, but, you know, stay clear of uh, alcohol or anything and just eat light, drink water, warm up. But then also after warm up, rest the throat. So, you know, try not to. You know, especially whenever you're in a venue, you don't want to like talk over the noise because you don't realize that you're screaming. So, uh, yeah, just try to stay quiet. Very cool. Very cool. Speaking of the <laughs> venue, that comes to the fourth question of the questions of death. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're down in the South. You've played a lot of great venues. Mm-hmm. If there were one particular venue that you would want the band to be at, no matter where it is in the world, what would that venue be? Ooh, um, hmm, damn, that's a tough one. Um, we haven't played this one, but I'm going to say the Fillmore New Orleans. Most definitely the Fillmore New Orleans out of the ones that we've played, probably the varsity and Baton Rouge. That venue is like one of the reasons why we were able to like get a lot of traction because they were the, that was the venue that allowed us to open up for all that remains <clears throat> cannibal corpse. Even we played with, um, who else we played with their Texas Hippie coalition. That was a good show. 12 stones. Uh, I would say the varsity theater, okay. varsity and the varsity theater in Baton Rouge, Fillmore, New Orleans. Okay. Now here's the fifth one, which will really definitely put you on the spot. Who? Okay. All right. All right. It is a combination venue an act that you would want to do past or present. Hmm. So like, 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 like a, like an act I'd want to play with at a venue. Yes. Ooh. Uh, I would love, Oh, Ooh, damn. That is on the spot, but I'm a really just say, uh, I would love to open up for the original lineup of Pantera at the red rocks amphitheater in Colorado. That nice. is a venue nobody even talks about. I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited that you said that. I've, I've never been to it. I've seen pictures. It's bucket list to not only play there, but to see a show there. Um, but yes, the original lineup of Pantera at Red Rocks. You just gave me goosebumps. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> How about that for being on the spot? <laughs> this is what we do on the show. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, so a little bit a little bit more about the behind the scenes of Ben, mm-hmm. not just the band, Ben itself, okay? Yes. Um, do you have hobbies? 
Uh, well, music is technically a hobby. Uh, do I have hobbies? Um, ooh, what is what? What would I consider to be a hobby? Um, like I gaming love, or art or graphics I, or. I game here. I, I game here and there. Uh, I'm not like a serious gamer. I mean, I, literally, my favorite game of all time. My game. My favorite game series of all time is MLB The Show. Like, I don't know. I love a big baseball guy. Huge baseball fan. So, um, honestly, a, a big baseball fan. Love college football. Um, trying to think of what else. Consider hobbies. Uh, I'm a geography nerd. I love traveling. I love studying maps. I love studying um, different cultures and like the way you know, especially around the, in, in the United States. Not only just the United States, but in the world. You know, finding out like what's popular to eat, like the lingo and all that. I, I'm very interested in that. <laughs> I like. Uh, ooh, what's another good hobby? Uh, interest. Uh, I'm in. I, I love. Um, which I actually starting today, I'm actually with even though there's shows in Baton Rouge, I'm going on the road and I'm uh, getting vlog footage for a band Shores Vacheron. Shout out to them out of Baton Rouge, a deathcore band from Baton Rouge. So I love being behind the camera. I love um uh and I've always had this dream for years, but I've actually started writing a uh, comedy series that uh, I'm trying to get worked on, and uh, it, it it's it's about uh. It's inspired by. I have some friends that live in this area of Louisiana where there's literally absolutely nothing. Like it's like probably <laughs> the rural, rural, the, the most rural area that I've been to, um, and it's just kind of like it, it'll be like heavily inspired by Trailer Park Boys. But I don't. But obviously, I don't want to like copy paste anything. Definitely like take like actual moments that have happened to us being out there and and putting that into a show. So, you know. Being creative is a hobby, you know, in, in any kind of way. I can't draw at all. I don't draw. Um, I um, I love video editing. Uh, I, I, I make teasers here and there for shows coming up. Just take a clip of our music video and just put some graphics on it and whatnot. Oh, hobby. What the fuck? I just started doing reaction videos on YouTube about two months ago. Um, mm. And actually, I got inspired by another guy on YouTube, and he was really just doing it to find new music. And I was like, that's a good way because, you know, uh, whatever people tell me to react to, I don't care what genre it is, whatever. Tell me to react to it. I want to hear it. I want to hear something I've never heard before. You know, and of yeah. course, you, you get your rock and your metal, you know, because, you, you know, it's most people I know are, ooh, excuse me, are into that. So um, I get a lot of that, but I also get a lot of hip hop. I, I just got this guy named uh, Hardy who's uh, kind of like a southern rock. You've got, you've got some country elements, got some hard rock elements in them. Uh, I, re I reacted to him yesterday. I'll post that later, but loved it. So that, that's that been a hobby of mine is uh, doing reaction videos. I love learning. Uh, I'm a geek when it comes to culture. I'm a geek when it comes to traveling. Uh, I don't want to, like, go to a place. I don't want to just show up, like, and a lot of people do this. Like, say we're on the road and, you know, you stop in a city like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to give like an example of like, like a city that's not really Birmingham, Alabama, just, just, just off the top of the dome. You know, not a lot of people know much about Birmingham, Alabama. We played there. That was the first time we played in Alabama. I didn't know much about Birmingham, Alabama, but, um, I don't know. I was curious. I'm like, damn, like, you know, like what's it like out here? You know, what are the people like, how do they talk? What do they say? Uh, what's the music culture like out here? What's the scene like out here? You know, rather than just coming to a place, not knowing where the hell you are and not caring, you know, which I know a lot of people do that, but like, I, I, I'm very, very invested in knowing about where I am. If that makes sense. See, I will uh, send you something, uh, Ben, to react to and see if it's something that you can, uh, so do you put this on, uh, this uh, reactions on uh, YouTube? 
Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. and I, and I will and send you something and see if oh, it's please. something that you will react to because it's please. something really special. It's a Swedish band and it's like a female singer and the rest of the band is uh, males. And uh, But it's like really something special. Okay. I will send it to you. I was about to show you all my list on my phone. Yeah, I got a whole list of songs. Yeah, please send it to me because I would love yeah. to add that to my list. I would love to add that to my list. The more, the better. Um, very yeah. thankful to anybody who's given me things to react to, whether it be through Snapchat, through Facebook, through YouTube. Uh, some of the videos get a lot of traction. Um, I did one on this Japanese band called Hanabi, and it got like 2,000 views now. And then I've yeah. done video. Then I have some that have like 40. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it all depends. It's, it's a growing process, you know, and, and yeah. I want to like jumpstart that and like getting into like making other content. Like I'm gonna start making more, uh, more vocal covers and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. so, uh, yeah, just that, that's, those are, those are some hobbies of mine. You and I need to get to get together on a, on that reactions thing because one of my other oh. shows that's all we do is find the stupid people in the world and we talk about them <laughs> with it. <laughs> with it. <laughs> like, like the, uh, was it? I'm the Island boy. The, oh yeah. <laughs> I've seen quite a few of those. Trust me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We're going to get to uh, the second track of the show. We have relinquished, which Ben has requested to be played on the interview. Mm -hmm. So here it is. Ventress with re Languished on Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. Thank you. 
This is Lynn from Sound Machine FM, and you're listening to Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. Relinquished by Ventress here on Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. Dude, I listened to that track seven times. Okay? Really? Seven times. And not only do I get the goosies, because they're like flying all over right now. I'm, I'm not even joking when I say this stuff. But... One of the things that I am known to do is I am known to listen to music for the adrenaline rush while I bowl. Oh, mm. hell yeah. That track is now slowly, <laughs> fuck that, speeding up in my playlist right now. I'm not even going to lie when I tell you that. Because uh, I'm here for it. I love the energy <laughs> from that song. Oh, that yeah. is the, the, type, the, the type of... I'm going to kick you in the face and your nuts at the same time and still keep going. <laughs> this song is just a straight beat down. Like you getting curb stomp, you know, <laughs> a little bit of Seth Rollins going on right now on that. A little bit, a little bit of Seth Rollins <laughs> going on on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, 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 the variety that you guys bring yeah. in every track 
makes everything more, you know, out there and should be reasons for more people to listen to your material. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We are. Um... Oh, sorry. I just had a, some shit in my throat. Um, yes, we try to keep it uh, very uh, versatile, you know, and uh, that all comes from us listening to different styles of music and just uh, taking influence from all those ways. But obviously, you know, not, you know, copying that, making it our own, like taking those ideas and just, I mean, it, it's cliche to say, but like taking those ideas and like making them your own. And um, yeah, that song came together really, really well. You know, it's crazy. We still have not played that one live yet. Um, oh, wow. really? Uh, yeah, yes, we have not played it live. Um, <laughs> so when we wrote it, whenever I wrote it, you know, I was, uh, the way I wrote it, there's a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of backing vocals that we haven't uh, rehearsed just yet. Um, because, uh, I mean, shit, whenever I wrote all of that, uh, I kind of was like, I was, I was thinking about playing it live in the future, but I mean, it was the pandemic. I just wanted to be as artistic as I possibly could. And, um, just express myself and uh that way just ended up being just bouncing off over the wall like bouncing all over the walls and like i said earlier sean my guitar player was the one who gave me the idea to do so he didn't say to do necessarily that but he said you know we'll do something different i was like okay and like i literally and like i said that song like we've had that song like we started writing we, we that first the intro that did it did it did it did it like i remember we have a demo from 2016 with that riff on it and uh 2020 is whenever we wrote it and recorded Blah, wrote it and recorded it sorry now i have to uh i have to peek because i i see some really really good toys in a rack behind you over there oh yes 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 which which models are those okay so let's let's pull them out um all right, let's see. I saw them got. when you got I, I saw them when I got when you got up there in the music break and I'm like, those are uh <laughs> Ricky, we're like, we, got, we got a few toys are we got we got a uh, got a ninety-two fender jazz bass right here. Um ba uh, bass is my second instrument. Um not really that much of a guitar player. I can't play guitar, but I mostly just use it to just write ideas on logic. But yeah, we got a ninety-two jazz bass right here. Um let's check it out. Let's see what else we got. Is there an acoustic? There, there, there's acoustic there too, I think. That's actually that's actually a classical guitar, and I'll get, and I'll uh, tell you the story about that one. So we got a uh, sound gear by Ibanez. Uh, I don't know what year this is. There's actually a funny story to this bass. Um, my guitar player's brother, Michael, and his friend, which are now like some of my best friends, they had a friend from Tennessee that they met on Xbox Live who came down to visit them, and he brought this bass. And he left the base, and uh, this is before I. This is before like the band even started. He left the base, and um, and they haven't seen him since. And they told Zach, you know, like uh, you left your base here. And then he said, well, in like cause he had met. Uh, I think he'd met somebody that was uh, about to start a band. He's like, well, aren't they starting a band? We'll tell them they could use it if they needed. And this bass has just been like a revolving. Like it's going. Like Jake started playing this bass when we started the band. I played this bass. I was playing in a, a rock and roll blues band, uh, and I used this bass as well as the Fender Jazz bass. But uh, yeah, this thing is gone. This this is like the. Uh, it's like a musical chairs or musical. I mean, it's 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 like the musical chairs. Like you just pass it around. So let's see what else we got. Um, 
this segment has uh, just given me a little bit of a chub. I'm not even drawing. Oh, right on, like, right on. I, I hey. love instruments. I love instruments. Oh, hell yeah. This is, a, uh, this is a Schecter Damien Riot. I've had this guitar since I was 17 years old. Uh, it's a Floyd Rose, which uh, whenever I got this guitar, I didn't understand what the hell this was. Uh, not really being that experienced of a guitar player. I just thought it looked cool. And uh, I found out, I mean, it's, it's obviously to keep your strings in tune, but Floyd Roses are a little bit of a bitch to deal with as I've gotten older. Um... I, I want to keep this guitar because my dad got me this, and my dad passed away uh, in 2020, but he got me this whenever I was 17. Uh, let's go on to the other ones. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is a just for the, for those on the radio who are not going to see this. This is a very, very nice collection of instruments, and uh, this was this was a, uh, a segment. Like, I was kind of leaning toward it, but I was like, you know what? No, this is... This can't slide, so... Uh, uh, my headphones actually unplugged, so I, I missed everything you said. What would you say? I was just telling everybody, for the people that are going to listen to this on the audio version, uh, this is a very intricate toy collection that I peeked out while yeah. I stepped out of the room. So, <laughs> Right, right. So this classical guitar, uh, I had a neighbor. He was this older Greek guy. And he was moving, and he had guitars, and he never he didn't play guitar. And uh, he had this guitar, and he had uh, – I have an acoustic over here. It's an Fender acoustic, both in horrible shape, like literally like in such bad shape. And he just gave them to me for free, and um, I kind of just let them sit as – I mean I was like I didn't have the money to like really restore them. And then after a while, worked up – like saved up a little bit of money, and um, – I was like, you know, I want to do something with these guitars, you know. So I got like a whole new. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what I did with this one, but this one didn't have a lot of work that needs to be done. I mean, it's a classical guitar. It's. I mean, it's. It's meant to sound like that, you know. Um, my acoustic guitar, though, I remember it did it, like it was actually missing some tuning knobs, and uh, that's in its case over here, which I'll break out if necessary. But uh, yeah, that that one and that guitar uh, were both refurbished guitars from my old neighbor, and my most important guitar, even though. This is uh, love. This I, I love this stuff. <laughs> uh, I won't. I won't give. I won't. Rig, ah, I won't get rid of this guitar for anything. This was my first guitar I got whenever I was 11 years old from my dad from Christmas. Uh, and the funny thing about it was he. Um, it was after Hurricane Katrina, um, and so I'm from Baton Rouge. Or I'm really from a town called New Roads, Louisiana, right by Ventress. And uh, he was a state trooper. He ended up working down in New Orleans uh, three months after Katrina, and uh, he actually got this guitar at the guitar center out there. And uh, like, it had just opened back, so it's just like a little interesting fun fact on that. It's just an Epiphone Les Paul body. Um, I've over the years not really taken the best care of this thing because I was 13, 14. I didn't even have a case for it for forever. So uh, it's got a little bit of its imperfections, but I'll always keep it and I'll always have it. And I still ride on it. I still play it from time to time. And I mean, this thing is, uh, you know, it's just got so much sentimental value to me, you know, especially after my father passed away uh, two and a half years ago. So, um, and then I got one more. If y'all want me to bust out the acoustic, I can. Well, uh, about that one right there, the unique thing that I love about the way that that guitar is set up is the way that the ends of the strings are off the neck of the guitar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I are. love that. I, that that gives it a complete original look that a lot of artists would be sitting there like, yeah, no, we got to tuck this shit away. It looks like kind of messy. No, I, I believe it or not. I like that style on the guitar. Yeah. yeah you know, um, it, it, this is really just laziness, but, uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, 
actually, I I just got a set of strings and I had this idea in my head that I wanted to write, but like the strings on the guitar were so old. So I just ran to Guitar Center, got new strings, threw them on, didn't cut them off, and just started playing. And I just haven't cut them since. But it gives it, but it gives the guitar its own unique flair, though. It does. It gives it a little bit of character, you know. And yeah, even though it's messy, you know, it's just like yeah, it's flair, you know. It's it, you know. Sometimes imperfections is what makes music, uh, you know, perfect. They, yeah. it, it, it's perfect with its imperfections. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, you know what? I never thought of. I never really thought of that until you said it. Now, from now on, when I when I restring this guitar, I'm never gonna cut the strings off. I'm never gonna it, do that. I'm just, it, it gives it its own originality. I definitely would not change anything about that. Well, if you need to update the strings, yes, but uh, yeah, I actually do. I'm, I'm like feeling them right now, and they feel old, and like they feel like yeah, they they've been used a little bit, you know. And I'm no shredder. I'm no shredder by any means. Like I can't play leads. I can just play rhythm stuff, and um, you know, I write I write some stuff here and there. Uh, just um. You know, for like, because I'm definitely one day going to do like a solo EP and I've got some other musical projects that I want to do. And, and, you know, we we have a lot of Ventress stuff demoed out on my computer and I'll try to like add some ideas for Ventress. But it's all, you know, it's all fun. And then I got a Fender Acoustic. If you want me to break that one out, I have to get it. You want to complete my chub, go right ahead. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm still sitting here about the one guitar that I have left. And that would be my cherry red Chevelle what? that's oh, sitting yeah. in the bag. Like, I haven't taken that thing out in, in years. It just sits in the bag. Just sits in the bag. Just sits in the bag because uh, unlike riding a bike, I don't remember how to play my guitar, and I'd have to learn again from scratch. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, if that, if that is not like riding a bike, you do eventually lose it if you don't use it. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, here we go. Oh, this is yeah. my Fender. This one... This one was in horrible shape whenever uh, I got it from my neighbor. And I actually just put strings on this one. And uh, I actually wrote a pretty cool idea the other day. Uh, sorry, it's a little out of tune, but uh, it's an electric acoustic. Uh, I don't know exactly what model it is, uh, but it is a Fender. Um, and it was, oh, man, I'm telling you, like, it was all dusty. There's, like, a couple scratches. And um, there's actually, uh, they fixed it, but there's, like, a little crack, like, right here in it. Um, yeah, you could barely even notice that. You barely even notice that. It was it's way less noticeable now. Like it actually used to be like you could see in the inside of the guitar and a bunch of guitar center baton rouge. They restored it, they cleaned it up. I think they even they even put like a new uh entire new fretboard on it, which was uh which is definitely needed because the fretboard was in really bad shape. And I believe this tuner, this 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 tuner knob was missing. And I believe this one was too. So uh and I just got I just got sick of looking at it. I knew I was like, that's a decent guitar. But that's a, that's a good acoustic guitar. It just needs to be fixed up. You know, I mean, uh, my neighbor that had it, he never played guitar. I don't even know why he had it. I really can't remember. I mean, I hadn't spoken to the dude. He, he moved. That's, that's why he gave me the guitars because he didn't want them and he didn't want to bring them. So he handed them to me. And, uh, yeah, just been working with this one ever since. Uh, once I got this one fixed up, uh, I ended up doing something that I never thought I would. Well, I always wanted to do, but I guess I didn't really build up the courage. So before I mentioned earlier that I played bass, um, hmm. but uh, in that band uh, for a year, from 2012 to 2018, I, the only thing I'd ever done on stage in front of people was sing. I'd never played an instrument on stage uh, until I played with Bayou Bullets, and uh, that was like a completely different, you know, way of looking at performing. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember the first show I played with them. I get on stage and like we had, I'd backline my bass cab. So I get on stage, I look at the bass cab, but it was all like, like unplugged, like I unplugged it and shit. I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't remember exactly every detail, but I just remember like getting on stage being like, 
shit, I got to sell this up, you know, because like when you're a singer, you know, you just, you know, you, you, if you have a wireless uh, receiver, you plug it in and boom, that's it. Or, you know, you just use one of the house mics, but like playing an instrument on stage was just completely just different for me. And uh, I'm very glad that I did it. And I'm very glad that uh, I'm very thankful for that part of my life. The, the bands, they're, they're still together. I'm not playing with them anymore, but that I definitely learned a lot and I actually learned a lot about playing bass. I, I mean, I was so used to playing like, like bass along with like metal and stuff. And like a lot of that is just more so like going along with the guitars, you know, playing with like a blues, like just kind of like pop rock band, you know, the, uh, the rhythm is way more important. So like keeping up with the drummer and, you know, a lot of, uh, staccato stuff, you know, um, like, you know, to go into it, but yeah. Um, so, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none, uh, I wouldn't consider myself an amazing instrument player, but uh, I do have fun with them, and I do, and I am getting better as the day goes on. I've uh, I've gotten rid of the mentality of saying that I can't do something. It's just I can't do it now, you know. Like yeah. I like 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 I can't do it right now, but that doesn't mean I can't do it four or five months from now. It's just I can't do it now. But if you, if I keep working at it, then I can do it. So uh, and uh, yeah, changing that mentality has definitely broadened up a lot of different things in my life. So. What's the uh, we're we're gonna kind of start to wrap it up. I've I've kept yeah. you for a long time. Sorry. About that. <laughs> oh, it's all. Oh, dude. I I have no complaints at all. <laughs> so what is what is the future uh, building up to for the band? Well, next month we're going on the road, going out to Las Vegas, Nevada, playing Apocalypse in the Desert Festival at the Fremont Country Club on March 25th. But on the way there, we've got a couple of dates. We've got a show in Austin on March 18th at Oasis Brewing Company. Got a show in Tucson, March 22nd. Show in Scottsdale, March 23rd. Um, we got Albuquerque, March 27th. Uh, San Antonio, March 29th. Dallas, March 30th. Uh, Houston or Spring, Texas, March 31st, and then we're going back to Austin on April 1st. So we got that tour going. Uh, after that, I believe we're going to start writing the next record. Um, and then Sweden. And then Sweden. I mean, come on. <laughs> then Sweden. Uh, there's actually there's a group on Shiprock. Uh, I go. I've, I've been on Shiprock three times, and there's a group on Shiprock called the Swedes. They're all from Sweden. They come every year, and I mean, they they got their face painted yellow and blue, and I actually they give you uh and do they give you? I have so many souvenirs for them. They're they're amazing. I love them, and uh, I love them, love them. Uh, there was um, so I used to have long hair, and I used to be way way skinnier, and um, for some reason. Whenever I was at the same place as this band, people thought I was their singer. Uh, I've been mistaken for the singer from Avatar multiple times. Like when I was at Rockville, <laughs> they were there. I had long black hair. I was real, real skinny. And obviously, I don't have any makeup on my face. So, you know, like underneath that makeup. And I've looked at like pictures of Johannes and me. Like we really didn't look that yeah. much alike. But when he's wearing makeup, you know, you can't really tell. So, like I got stopped three times at Welcome to Rockville asking if I was Johannes. I was like, no, but thank you for the compliment. I mean, I'm <laughs> like <laughs> – Great singer. He's great, great singer. Great singer. Good looking dude. Uh, cannot uh, complain on the comparison at all. Um, <laughs> so, but I've gained a lot of, I've gained, well, I say gained a lot of weight. I put on a little <laughs> bit of muscle and I'm also six foot eight. So like I needed that, yeah. like being a twig at six foot eight was rough. Like, <laughs> you it's know, it's kind of funny when you look at the band uh, pictures yeah, like you stick up, and then one of the guys, it's like, it looks like it's like a dwarf. Right, right. <laughs> well, I would look like a dwarf next to him too. I'm only five ten. Oh, halfway up his chest. Like, like, like everybody other than well, Sean and Jesse are relatively. Sean's like six one, if I had to guess. Jesse maybe five eleven. 
Jake's probably about five six, and the BJ's about five four, five three. Uh, if I had to guess, and I, I don't know their exact heights, but like, yeah, like you stand, like 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 Sean is a, a fairly tall guy, but if I stand right next to him, he's gonna look sm- like he's gonna look like a dwarf. Um, it's hard a, to take a re- really good uh, band picture of you. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I remember one. I, I remember one uh, photo session uh, we we did, and I I stood in the front. And uh, the rest of the guys like stood on like there was like a, like a like a side oh, I can't, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was it was like some sort of alley it was an alley in Mississippi, and um, they had like like a little sidewalk that was elevated more so than like the ropes like they actually had cars that passed through so I stood on the road and the rest of the guys stood on the elevated sidewalk and we ended up like looking like more like in in place and uh, I was like yeah sorry guys I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do this for you know glamour this is just you know this is just to level us out I didn't choose to be six eight. <laughs> All right, Ben. So give everybody the uh, social media links, YouTube, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, Instagram is at Ventress underscore official. Twitter, Ventress underscore. TikTok, Ventress LA, which for that means Louisiana, not Los Angeles. Um, let's see what uh, what other social media am I leaving out? Uh, Facebook, obviously, Facebook.com slash Ventress. Um, VentressMusic.com. We will have a bio on there soon. Uh, make sure we'll make sure of that. Um been been under construction for a little bit, but uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, we got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and what am I leaving out? Uh, we don't have a MySpace page, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna worry about getting MySpace back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work. I'm, 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 work, I'm actually. I'm. A, oh hell yeah, dude. MySpace was oh, man. The MySpace era was was so, great. So uh, where do we find uh, much? And so merchandise on venturesmusic.com. Also, you can find it on uh, Ventress, uh, band, Ventress.bandcamp.com, where we actually just got some new t shirts. So, we're about to put those nice. on there. Um, a lot of our merchandise on our website is print on demand. So, uh, it's it's not stuff that we have in stock. Uh, but we're trying to get our stuff that we do have in stock onto that. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, yeah, merchandise, either Ventress.bandcamp.com or VentressMusic.com. You can find merchandise, find our music on Spotify, Apple Music, and all streaming platforms, as well as uh, iTunes and other Amazon, other platforms you can purchase. We're on everything. I mean, we're on pretty much any avenue that you can find uh, mm-hmm. online uh, that that is primarily frequented, like Apple Music, Spotify. We're on all of that. So uh, give us a listen. So the next when time we get you guys, the next time we get you guys on, we're going to get on the other band members, right? One hundred percent. We're gonna get all the other band members for sure. Um, definitely making sure that we get at least one or two of them in here, so we'll have a little party for yes, sure. That would be awesome. Oh, most definitely. And most uh, definitely. new uh, music uh, being released soon. Uh, uh, new music being released. We're writing at the moment. Uh, don't have any protect um, any projection of when it'll be released, but it is okay. being written currently. So yeah, nice. Ben, thank you for coming on the show. I really yeah. enjoyed this conversation, and we will definitely be uh, keeping in contact a lot more. Oh, absolutely. Lars, uh, oh, the Prez. What is your first name again? I'm so sorry. Ricky, Ricky of course. <laughs> sorry, Ricky Train. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Like I said, I didn't sleep much last night. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed this conversation. Cannot wait to come back. Cannot wait to read the ah, bring the rest of the guys back, and we're going to make sure that it is another slamming episode. Oh, oh. hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That is the Viking. I am the master of mayhem. That is Ben from Ventress. This is Pipe Bomb Radio, and we are out of here. Out of here. Out of here. 
This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. The Bear of Texas, and you've just listened to Pipe Bomb Radio New York City, featuring your host, the master of mayhem, Ricky Litwinkowicz. Don't forget your Pipe Bomb Radio New York City merch at paintrainpipebomb.threadless.com and listen to shows like Ringside Chaos and Motley Metal on all listening platforms. Tune in again next time for another episode of Pipe Bomb Radio New York City.